The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement? How long before yeah. a wedding should I send How out many save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, my name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing acquiring new SEO clients. Joining me today is Michael Ramirez, who's the founder at Invisio LLC. Invisio helps agencies, marketers, and SEO consultants get results no matter your level of SEO knowledge. It takes the guesswork out of SEO by telling you exactly what you need to do to improve your rankings and makes SEO simple by bringing all the parts of your SEO process together in one place. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right. Here's my conversation with Michael Ramirez, the founder at Invisio LLC. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Excellent. So, so first time on, and I'm excited about this uh, episode. I think oftentimes we tend to talk a little more to like the in-house SEOs, but I know there are a lot of SEOs at agencies and also, you know, some standalones, you know, single SEOs and companies. So I think uh, this conversation should be quite pointed. So maybe to to start things off, how do you think about kind of acquiring new SEO clients? Yeah, no, absolutely. And to your point, yes, there are plenty of us SEOs out there and different facets of SEO from, you know, service, those providing education products and courses and and those specifically focusing on products themselves and tools. 
But yes, to the service side of things, I've always been super fascinated. As you can maybe tell, I'm alluding to like the business of SEO. I started off on the service side by way of... I was just kind of like (laughs) dumped into it, quite honestly. So I started off in the agency world right after college. So I started off as an SEO specialist. And the agency that I worked at, you know, essentially went under after three years of me working there. So literally while the president of the company is, is laying me off, I asked like, what's going to happen to our current SEO clients? And the president said, well, we're going to outsource them to this company in, in Atlanta. And I was, you know, I say I was brave at the time, but I was really nervous just kind of stumbling over my words. And, and I just asked him like, well, what if you source them to me? And he said, well, I never thought about that. And then we come back 24 hours later and let me, you know, I'll have my decision. He can't, he comes back and he says, you know what, Michael, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and give you these accounts. And they were maybe around five or six SEO accounts paying anywhere between 500 to like 750 a month. So not a ton of money, but like something to start with. And basically it tells me you're going to have to run these accounts. You're going to have to figure out a process. You're going to have to do, start up your business, do your own taxes and all that stuff. And start your own company, basically. That basically propelled me into starting my own agency and working with my with clients outside the agency, but on my own. And you would think it would be an easy transition to actually do that, but it isn't. There was a lot to starting up my own company and essentially kind of duplicating what the agency was doing. But then I had my own a chance on my own to kind of establish my own process to acquiring new new accounts, managing the current ones, and making sure the, the current clients kind of stay onboarded to keep them retained, keep them happy and keep the process kind of running along. So I think and it comes to, you know, and that was like just kind of a little bit of a background there. It's important because it matters when you're trying to acquire new customers. It really depends if you're a beginner or if you're an intermediate SEO, or if you're an expert. And there are different kind of approaches around going after new clients, depending on your actual expertise level, right? And if you're kind of starting from the beginning, I'm actually doing this right now with one of the customer that's on our platform, who's using the platform, but you know wants to start a side hustle doing SEO while he kind of has his full-time job, relatively new to the industry. So this is the way we kind of break it down. It's it's typically into like four steps for beginners and we can kind of go into intermediate and expert as well. But it kind of stems from like these four kind of kind of approaches in the beginning. Like first, like you have to kind of learn the space, right? You kind of have to learn like the latest trends, what's working in SEO. So for that, I recommend joining a mastermind group or a group like Traffic Think Tank, people that are constantly sharing news and information around the SEO industry. You could ask questions without feeling judged. Like you really need to know what's going on first, right? So there's that that big learning process. The second area is going to be like the areas of focus that you really want to specialize in. So do you want to be a link builder? Do you want to focus on services around technical SEO? Do you want to focus on services around like schema updates to website content? Like whatever you're comfortable with, I would say kind of start to hone in on those skills and really define what you want to do in that area. And then third, I would say like choosing a vertical. So like whether you want to specialize in SEO for Shopify websites, for WordPress, or if you want to go specifically to like certain industries like dental, legal, banking, whatever that may be, find out the spaces that you're most familiar with based on typically like things that you're actually interested in as just things that you like or you enjoy watching or looking at online. 
And then I would say like evaluate the types of websites that that kind of fit into that category, right? So after you define your your to say your vertical, your industry, you find your area of focus, like what types of websites in that space, in that specific niche do you actually really like? Right. So it's like you do like you like to work with older websites, newer websites. Do you like to work with content heavy websites or sites that are kind of broken and need a lot of uh, technical love? So that will kind of help you decide on like whenever you come across a website, whether it's a good fit or not. Personally, like my favorite are like SaaS companies that are in the growth stage. So they're typically a, a little like 10 years or older. And they have like little to no SEO work done. And that's typically discovered through one of my audits. And typically I find that those specific websites, at least for me, work really well and typically are home runs when it comes to like service uh, SEO. I love that advice there to look for some of the kind of consistent veins. And I think you alluded to it a bit with your story is especially as like someone that's just starting out. And if you're by yourself or even with a small group of people, you have so many facets to hold. Like you have the acquiring of clients, you have the servicing of them, and then you just have like the general kind of like business side of things. So looking for those consistencies, whether it's, you know, type of services provided, type of websites you're working for. But I think like that advice into having an area of focus is something that's super, super critical because any of us starting a business, it's you have so many other areas, even outside of the work that just comes into managing a business that's going to be splitting your time across areas. So by having that consistency, it allows you to kind of like save some time or create some more efficiencies in your like day to day. So when, and maybe this goes kind of back a little bit to kind of like your story and, and one I love the fact that, you know, you just jumped right up or raised your hand to acquire those clients as the business was going under. But what was your kind of like process then of first, I assume there was like an adjustment period of, all right, now I'm servicing these on my own. And then once you kind of had a handle on that, what was your process in looking to grow the client portfolio that you were managing? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it came with time and like the items that I mentioned earlier around discovery and what I would have done. They were basically things that I would have done if I would have started from the beginning to like learn, you know, let me find my area of expertise, find a vertical and the types of websites that I like. My process was pretty messy at the time. Like I transitioning to my own business, like I didn't have the budget that the agency did for tools, for project management systems, for meeting software, all that good stuff. So I kind of had to really just bootstrap the whole thing and like stitch together an agency really. And so some of the key areas for me were really just understanding the process, like how I could manage those specific accounts, keep those clients happy because of the results and have them basically continue to retain me, pay me while I'm basically starting this company up. And a lot of that came from defining the process around looking at the client's uh, website, defining some of the top priorities through more detailed auditing in terms of what needs to be done that's really going to move the needle to generate results that's going to help the client stay around a lot. And what I found is like in an agency that I was working in, 
I couldn't really experiment with some of the um, some of the SEO tips and tactics that I was learning from the industry, from experts, from conferences. It was very focused around like content and services that just kind of checked off the boxes. And this was back in 2008. So don't get me wrong, like ranking the checkbox stuff kind of worked because it was a little bit easier to rank for stuff. But as like time went on and things evolved, you know, later on, obviously things got harder and harder to rank where it wasn't that easy just to write 500 word blog or add keywords to a homepage and expect that to rank, you know, locally. Things got difficult as time progressed. But at that time, it was just defining more of the getting more detailed with my audits, understanding the items that actually, you know, the SEO tactics that move the needle, like are some some things around like the technical side, obviously content, doing more competitive analysis and research around what content our competitors were ranking for and how, how to make that actually uh, better. And honestly, the transparency, keeping the customers involved around like what was actually going on behind the curtain. I think a lot of times before with the agency I was working at, like, they didn't really care if the client knew what we were working on or not more. It was you know, not the fact that we were doing anything malicious or anything like that, but it was just the less they know, the better, because this is, according to them, like it was a very technical space. So like, who cares what the client knows as long as they're getting results? Like they didn't really care. But what I found was they appreciate it. <laughs> they like to know what they're paying for. So keeping them a part of the process and allowing them to know kind of what we're working on behind the curtain certainly increased transparency and trust to where our customers uh, stayed around longer, quite honestly. So that retention grew stronger. I completely agree with that piece on the transparency. Being candid, like I feel like actually as an industry, we've done a disservice by not providing that transparency because it's created this notion of SEO is a black box and like you have then these frustrations around SEO to like the executive group and in my experience, like whether you're working with a smaller growth startup or an enterprise business, breaking down that transparency and like proving that, hey, this isn't just shots in the dark and kind of random black magic, but there actually are dependable and predictable strategies and tactics that can be replicated is really a piece to not only keep the you know, positive mindset and maintain the the relationship, but also like gain additional resources, get more buy-in, get more budget. And it's like the more transparency I think we can provide as SEOs, the greater we can not just grow a single business, but also just kind of break down that ambiguity that has existed in our industry. 100% agree. And it's like, like mining for oil or something, searching for gold, let's say like, if I told you I'm just going to do it, I'm just going to find oil in this massive amount of land. Like, I don't know where it is, but I'm going to, you pay me $10,000 a month, but I'm going to find it. And if I don't show you a map, if I don't show you just, if I don't hire like a geologist to do a survey of the land, or if, if there's no plan and there's, and if I can't tell you what we're working on, then how can you ever believe that I'm ever going to find that gold or oil on the land? Like, it's just, there's no telling. And I think clients want to know that, hey, I know there's a lot I don't understand. The objective is to rank, but how is the process being conducted? Like there is a service that these clients are paying for. What are those things that I'm getting every single month? What's working? What isn't? And like connecting those dots. And I know as an SEO, like that's easier said than done. Believe me, like that's, that's, it's, it's harder to show a lot of that information because 
we're working on so many things at so during so many times. And one thing could really move the needle among 10 tasks. How do you know that one thing really increased your rankings in Google? It's really hard to tell. And so, but at least you could tell the client, like, hey, we did 10 things. Out of those 10, five were high priority. Three, we suspect really moved the needle based on these dates and based on when we saw an increase in overall like impressions and traffic, crawl rates to specific pages. Like, then you could start kind of tying those metrics together. And clients like that because they'll pay more for that. They'll pay more for what's working. Even if it's smaller gains, they feel apart and attached to the overall process, which I really enjoy and I come to appreciate and really try to hone, hone in on. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, I feel like another thing that we're we're kind of hitting around in this conversation too is like with the greater, the, with the topic here of like acquiring like new clients, it's like really we're, we're talking more about like how do you grow a, a small business, an agency. And I think the number one, at least like most predictable avenue of that is maintaining clients and growing those existing clients and your conversion rate or your win rate of growing an existing client by expanding on something that's working is going to have so much higher probability or like predictability factor than going out to like the net new. And so it's like, from my perspective, is more of like, first take a look at how do we make sure there's no leaks in the boat? And how do we make sure that we're maximizing what we already have? And then it's like, how do we, how do we expand that into, you know, net new clients? With kind of that piece too, as you were talking about your story and kind of like working with like some of these clients, would you then use like some of the common tactics or problems that were existing within that initial portfolio and then using that as a starting point to look for other websites that may have like similar problems that you'd be able to apply like not the exact same but like a similar kind of like playbook or kind of overall process with no absolutely yeah learning from those accounts internally in the agency actually we had like a, a, a checklist essentially and so 
I continued on with that checklist for a little while thinking that that was going to be the thing that really scaled an agency up to a million bucks. <laughs> but it didn't work out that way. But some of the items that worked or didn't work for the first wave of clients that I was able to obtain through the agency. Yeah, just just stemming off of that and discovering the things that actually worked and leaving the things that didn't. I formulated kind of my own playbook. And in SEO, there's typically some things that are kind of rinse and repeat, depending on what you do. Since I was kind of operating under like a full service consultant, I had my checks around particular like technical SEO check, you know, items on the on a website, you know, basically an audit content, you know, we basically evaluate the size and scale and rankings of their website based on their competitors. And then on the link building side, it was just more around focusing on quality and like niche specific links and not so much as a uh, quantity. And so it was really, it started really basic. I mean, you could start kind of really basic in terms of just comparison where your client site is relative to established competitors or new competitors and start to formulate some content strategy. And then when it comes to technical, just essentially check out, check off the checklist in terms of things that are preventing client site from being indexed, what have you. On the link side, that takes a little bit more of, a, in my opinion, like, you know, it took more of hiring external VAs, virtual assistants to help do some of the outreach. And after that, I realized just like, yeah, there's, there's a process that we could essentially repeat. Every client kind of weighs differently in terms of the technical, the on-page and the links. Some lack in one area or another. And where they lack, we try to increase that specific space. And that's typically kind of where the industry talks about a lot, those three aspects that really influence rankings, right? It's the tech and it's the content and links. I really just kind of honed in on a strategy focusing on those things and in, in the areas that my clients really suffered in. And eventually realize that there's an opportunity there to essentially create not only a process, but like a product that helped do a lot of that heavy lifting for me. And that's where the idea of the product of Visio came to light, where it was basically building a process around technical and on-page kind of audits. Links, we still kind of do it on you know manual basis based on like what we need for a client. And we, we build content that scales links there. But specifically around technical and on-page, since it was a rinse and repeat strategy, we essentially build a product that will do a lot of the auditing for us, turn those the insights from that audit into actual like task. And then from those tasks, we could just easily assign a programmer, assign a, a writer to just complete those tasks for us. Those tasks get tracked inside the system. We share those tasks with our clients. The client's happy because they see the actual work that's being done. We could cross-reference those completion dates with data inside of Google Search Console to see which task completed actually influenced the results. And so that's kind of where it all kind of came full circle in terms of understanding the processes that could be just rinsed and repeated, build some automation to help us really hone in on that so we could scale faster. We're not doing a lot of manual labor, but the system's doing a lot of that auditing for us and provide that level of security when we're selling services to say, hey, we have a product that actually tracks everything we do. So you could log in whenever you like and just see the work that's actually being done this month. Excellent. And I mean, the benefits there, I think, are clear. It's like the more that you can provide in those efficiencies, like obviously the more work you can get to. With the kind of piece on audits, and I'm, I'm assuming that your product kind of supports or helps in this, but I feel like one common tactic that's used across the industry as far as acquiring new clients 
is doing like an initial audit that then can lead into like ongoing work from an SEO agency perspective. Where do you kind of sit with, and maybe we'll clarify a little bit more, but I feel like there's this notion of coming to the client initially with an audit or coming to the client initially with the problems that exist for them or kind of trying to hook them and then have that be like the start of the work. Where do you stand on what you're providing to prospects to kind of acquire, like gain new business? Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like established having some wins under your belt is super powerful. And what that means is when I initially got the um, those first clients, you know, first wave of, of wave of clients, I was able to get some results and showcase that in the reports and have some growth numbers and basically like testimonials essentially from them. That was way more, I wouldn't say way more, but it was super powerful in terms of acquiring new clients in the beginning. And some of the newer clients came from relationships I established with developers. So WordPress developers, um, I had you know one that I really, I worked with really closely who sent me just every time I knew like I had an email from him with a referral, I knew they would close because they were, he worked for clients who essentially focused on their online brands. Online traffic was essential to their business. So SEO definitely made sense when it came to their marketing strategy. So building some wins, having some case studies, if you will, and having good relationships with people, I think is is super strong. And once those people come to me, like those leads come to me, I then run a scan, I do the audit, and I essentially show them like, hey, there's work that needs to be done. Like you already trust me, you came through a, a solid referral source. Here's the work that I'm going to be working on for the next three, six, 12 months. So I think having a solid reputation, having some wins was really strong and and really closing deals from relationships that I built with developers. Other relationships were through like designers in the industry. I had some really good leads come from designers in Austin and others come from writers, writers that I worked with, content writers that helped me do uh, SEO. Those were some solid lead sources and brought in some some pretty healthy clients. Absolutely. And it, it really it really hits on something that's like, we are a growing industry, but it is still such a small world. And I think from my experience also, like the best way on acquiring business is through your reputation and through those that not just like your clients, but those that you're working with on deliverables and execution. And anytime that you can create that kind of trust and warm lead is going to be so much more fruitful than just reaching out to someone out of the blue. But it also really comes back to some of the points that you've been hitting on throughout this episode is really, from the sound of it to me, is the most effective way is focusing on quality, transparency, and then how can you create efficiencies to reproduce that work. And by maintaining those elements, you're going to not only be able to retain the business that you have, but you're also going to be able to create those, the reasons for the people to give the referrals to you and kind of grow the business as a whole. Absolutely. 
All right, that wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Michael Ramirez, founder of Invisio LLC, for joining us. In our next episode, which will be published tomorrow, Michael and I are going to continue the conversation and we're going to talk more about providing high-quality SEO at scale. If you can't wait until the next episode and would like to learn more about Michael, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at Search Ramirez, or visit his company's website, www.invisio.com. Visio.co. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.